Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage and I hope you're all having a lovely Easter break. Later in the programme, I'll be featuring excerpts done from an interview in 1962 with the late and famous British singer Matt Munro. He sang the James Bond movie theme song From Russia With Love and also Born Free, among many others. I like Matt Munro, perhaps partly because he started out here in Hong Kong, but I also, perhaps controversially, prefer his voice to that of Frank Sinatra. And the interview with him, as I'll explain later, nearly disappeared, which is why I want to start the programme by talking a little about one of my passions as the presenter of Hong Kong Heritage, making sure that we protect our sound resources. But I don't just mean me as a radio person, I mean you. We all have gadgets now that can record sound. So this is me, for example, standing on the sandy shore on a foggy evening recently. Now I've cheated a little bit there as I've put the two foghorn sounds a bit closer together than they were and that was just on my iPhone which is a great little recorder. So there was fog in March 2022, sound of a boat engine and the foghorns. So I sent the foghorns to maritime historian Stephen Davis and he sent me this back. You may or may not know that the frequency or pitch of the ship's horn tells you whether it's a big ship or a small one. Annex 3 of the International Regulations for Preventing Collisions at Sea, 1972, requires the sound signal to be 70 to 200 hertz for a vessel 200 metres or more in length, 130 to 350 hertz for a vessel 75 metres but less than 200 metres in length, or 250 to 700 hertz for a vessel less than 75 metres in length. So the short one on that is if it's a deep note, then it's a big ship. If it's a higher note, then it's a smaller ship. And if you want to delve even more into that, you can download the marinetraffic.com app and that will tell you what foghorn matches what ship going by. Many thanks, Stephen Davis. So on your iPhone, there'll be a voice recorder. Not all of this sound has to be displayed online or turned into a documentary. I'm very keen that families also preserve their own sounds just for you. Your grandparents may have come here in the 1950s or 1960s from Fujian or down from Shanghai. Along with the way they might cook, they'll also have specific ways of speaking, and that's real heritage. But quite simply, it's also because sadly I come across so many people who don't have how their parents spoke or their grandparents spoke. So sit them down now and grab a bit. They'll start off by telling you that their story is nothing special. And then, as they warm up, you'll find out all sorts of interesting stuff. But you know, having done this programme for so many years, I realised recently that I had nothing of my parents, and yet they were children in the Second World War, and they remember a time of horses pulling carts and being used on farms. My father grew up with children at school, often having no shoes, and there was no electricity in his village. 
they used kerosene lamps. So here's a bit of my father, Brian Evans, who's 84 and was born in September 1937. So this is a man who was born in Worcestershire, in a village in the middle of England. So he wouldn't have seen the sea until he was much older. And here he describes how his family ran a local shop and it was hop picking season. Hops are used for making beer. This would be in the summer. Uh, a nightmare, of course, keeping the flies off the bacon and stopping the butter melting away uh, in these temporary shops. As it was in our own shop in early days, because there was no electricity, no fridges. The shops we had were totally unsuitable. <laughs> they, in the Moor farm, they situated us right next to a wall, which was, uh, the other side of the wall was the kiln. And of course that had to be heated and of course our butter didn't take <laughs> to being heated. And the customers were the ladies mainly who came out with the children from Cradley Heath and the Lye and they would stay for the duration of the picking which would be about four, four weeks. And then husbands would come out at weekends probably and uh, then there'd be one or two fights at the local pubs. But uh, we served the ladies with the groceries. They lived in uh, barracks, which were very similar to the ones that the Indian forces would have been in. Wooden, with a veranda, a long walkway across the front. You'd imagine people tying horses to the rails. Anyway, the ladies and families lived there. And then they came to our little shop. We were specialising in uh, foods that they would want everyday foods, not a massive stock. And uh, we manned one shop there and another shop in Newnham Bridge, both for the same firm. And the one in Newnham Bridge was a tin shop and, of course, the sun would shine on it. And again, we had all the problems of keeping the food cool, etc. Where was the Moor Farm and uh, what was the kiln used for? The Moor Farm was at Erdiston, in, right down in the base of the valley, near the river team, and the kilns were for drying hops, and uh, the, the hops were picked by the ladies. After they'd been cut down, the strings were cut down by regular men from the farm who worked on a horse and cart which had a high stage on it, They'd work on up on the stage, which was level with the tops of the poles. They would cut down the strings, and the ladies would pick off the hops. They worked into double-ended cribs. You have two ladies or two families, one working in one end of the crib and another in the opposite end. And then you would come along with the bushling team came, and the hops were measured in bushels with a big basket, and my sister helped with the booking as to how much each lady or man or family had picked in, in the period. And uh, then they would be put into great big sacks, big square sacks, and carted, often by horse cart, to the kilns. Brian Evans there. So see what Hong Kong sounds you can find in those of your family. In 1962, Radio Hong Kong had a Christmas charity drive called Operation Santa Claus, which was a different one from the annual fundraiser these days shared between RTHK and the South China Morning Post. 
and the British singer Matt Monroe flew in from England to do a concert at the newly established City Hall in Central to raise funds. He was originally known as Terence Parsons and came to Hong Kong with the British Army. He took part in talent contests and was also a radio regular with Uncle Ray before his career took off. In the following edited interview, he talks with veteran broadcaster Ted Thomas about his singing career. But this was not an interview that was saved by Radio Hong Kong. It was coincidentally found years later among Matt Monroe's belongings and the recording had been given to him as a gift. So here's Ted Thomas talking to Matt Monroe 60 years ago in 1962. The star of the whole operation, the man who flew all the way from England to take part is the man who gave his name to this show. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Monroe. I love the looks of you, the lure of you, the sweet of you, the pure of you, the eyes, the arms, the mouth of you, the east, west, north, and the south of you. I'd love to gain complete control of you. And handle even the heart and soul of you So love at least a small percent of me do Cause I love all of you There can be few people in Hong Kong who haven't heard of the name of Matt Monroe now. He's the star of Radio Hong Kong's Operation Santa Claus. He's also a star in his own right in England where he has his own television series and his own radio series, which has also been repeated out here over Radio Hong Kong on the transcription service. As well as that, of course, his records are bestsellers, and he's known as well as in England, in America, and as I've already said, is a star in his own right here in Hong Kong, and the star of this charity drive starting this evening, running through tomorrow evening, and Thursday evening, and also the special Matt Monroe matinee, which will be on Friday afternoon. Matt, I think the first question we ask all entertainers is when did, when did they first get the show business bug? What, when did it occur to you? Well, I think it was about uh, between the ages of about 15 and 16. Uh, and I think the entertainment, actually, it was uh, uh, singing with dance bands interested me most at that stage, you know. I was a great fan of uh, Perry Como's, and I think... I can honestly say that the first year I was more or less doing an, an impression of Perry Como more than anything original. But I used to get up uh, on Saturday evenings with the local dance band and the local Palais de Dance, you know, and sing a few songs. And I wasn't really interested in it. I didn't think I would ever make it a career. And I think that's about the, the period, though, between about the ages of 15 and 16. You mentioned the local Palais. Where was that? Where was home for you in those days? That was in North London, a place called Tufnell Park. Yes. And uh, have you been back there since? Do you ever get oh, back? Oh, quite. My mother still lives there, in actual fact. Yes. Now, if, um, we spoke about the age of 16. From that, I think your first connection in Hong Kong was with the army. How old were you when you joined the army? I was 17 and a half. 
And uh, this was as a, a, a short service, or no? I, I signed on for the army. I did five years. And what were you doing, in fact? I was a mechanic in the Remi. Yeah. And it was in the army that you first started to sing. Yeah, I think with any seriousness in mind, yes. Well, we have one of your records on the turntable. It's not a particularly old one. I would have liked to have gone back to the early stages of your career. Perhaps you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> we have one from your long playing record. This one, Cheek to Cheek, Matt Munro. Heaven, I'm in heaven And my heart beats so that I can hardly speak And I seem to find the happiness I see When we're out together dancing cheek to cheek Heaven, I'm in heaven and the cares that hang around me through the week Seem to vanish like a gambler's lucky streak When we're out together dancing cheek to cheek Oh, I'd love to climb a mountain And to reach the highest peak but it doesn't thrill me half as much as dancing cheek to cheek Oh, I love to go out fishing in a river or a creek But I don't enjoy it half as much as dancing cheek to cheek And so it was the army that brought Matt Monroe to Hong Kong. And I think there you continued with your interest in the entertainment business, didn't you, man? Yes, as a matter of fact, we once went to the Chiro Club, which most of the servicemen used to use in those days. I don't know what it's like now. And uh, they were running talent contests. And being a squaddy in the army and always being short of money, this seemed to be a good way to earn a few extra dollars, if I could win, of course. And we, I went into this contest, and touch wood, I did win. And... Uh, we had, I think the prize was $10 and 200 cigarettes, which were both very, very handy. And a friend of mine up there at that time, Mr. John Wallace, was running these contests. And from that, he asked me if I would like to do some concerts, you know, for the troops, the troop entertainment things, travelling around new territories, which I was delighted to do at the time because it was a wonderful experience for me working under all sorts of weird conditions in the back of trucks and with terrible pianos and things like that, you know, and getting thrown out of sergeant's messes, <laughs> uh, one thing and another. And uh, we, we did these things, I think, for about 18 months. And I, at one time, also, I was doing a double act with a, with a boy of, over here called Ken DeVal. Uh, we did a sort of Martin and Lewis act at the time. I'm just trying to think who played who, but I won't go into that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I met him quite recently at home, and he is still in show business, I'm happy to say, doing a double act with another fellow. And uh, from there, I started doing the broadcasting, as you know. Mm. Well, as you, um, by this time, you'd forsaken Perry Como, I take it. Oh, yes, a long time before. And I think it was uh, probably about that time that your style developed to what we now hear in Let's Face the Music.
may be trouble ahead But while there's moonlight and music and love and romance Let's face the music and dance Before the fiddlers have fled Before they ask us to pay the bill And while we still have the chance Let's face the music and dance um, during the time you were in Hong Kong, as well as the troupe shows, I understand you also did some entertaining in the nightclubs here. Yes, that's true. I, w I worked uh, in a couple of clubs, actually, the names of which forget to slip my mind now. It's such a long time ago. Also, I worked with uh, a man I became very, very friendly with, actually, a man called Mr. Ray, who led a band here in the colony. And I worked with Mr. for about, I think it must have been going on a year, in a ballroom here in Hong Kong. Well, with 18 months of this sort of experience behind you, when the time came to come back to England, uh, you must have been fairly confident about your future in show business. Oh, yes, I went home and I was going to take the world by storm. And, uh, needless to say, it didn't happen. And I didn't actually, that was in 1953, and I didn't actually come into the show business as a single act as Matt Monroe until 56. The end, latter part of 56. Had, had you done any recordings before that at all or not? No, I hadn't. I started recording in 56, in actual mm. fact. But uh, returning to England with the broadcasting experience and with a couple of, um, or several, challenge show prices tucked beneath your belt, you, uh, you should have had some reception. Well, that's what I thought, you know. Um, I thought it was going to be all so easy. Just go home and say, well, when I was in Hong Kong, I did this and I did that. And that's precisely what I did do, and the reaction I got was, so what? <laughs> well, Perry Como and Frank Sinatra notwithstanding, Matt, I think everyone will agree that you now uh, certainly have a very distinctive style which anyone would recognise. And that is the product of many years of hard work. I'd like to just go back to Hong Kong for a minute or two. Um, what sort of bands were you working with at that time? Well, a mixed bunch, really, Ted. Um, for instance, at one time I, I had the pleasure of working... Uh, as I said, with Mr. Ray, which was uh, about three saxes, three brass, and three rhythm. And then, of course, I had the pleasure of working with Cesar Velasco, who I don't think is any longer in the colony. And that was a great big 21, 22-piece orchestra. And at one time, I had uh, aspirations of being a musician myself and wanted to learn to play an instrument. And a very old friend of mine, who I'm looking forward to seeing very, very much indeed, I hope to see him tonight, there's a fellow called Bing Rodriguez, who at one time tried to teach me to play tenor saxophone. Well, this is the funniest thing that I can imagine anybody could ever hear, because I had no idea, and the song that we always tried to play was Georgia on my mind. Well, if you never made it as, um, as a tenor saxophone player, you certainly did a very creditable job with it as a vocalist. Georgia, Georgia The whole day through Just an old sweet song keeps Georgia 
on my mind Georgia on my mind Georgia Georgia A song of you Comes as sweet and clear As moonlight On the pines Well, the unmistakable sound of Matt Monroe. But there were times when a lot of people used to say that Matt sounded very much like Frank Sinatra. I don't think that was altogether unintentional as a result of one bit of a record he made um, a couple of years ago not a uh, musical record by any means. And I think the best thing, Matt, is to get you to tell us the story of your short period of fame as Fred Flange. <laughs> this is a... I was my career was absolutely in the doldrums. I was doing nothing at all. And my recording manager now, George Martin, rang me one day and asked me... Oh, I'd never met him, incidentally. Asked me if I would like to do a song for a Peter Sellers album. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I said, yes, I'd love to very much indeed. Went along to the studio. It wasn't until I got there that I found that what he actually wanted was an impersonation of Frank Sinatra uh, to go on, for, for, in actual fact, for Peter Sellers to copy. Well, I did this, this thing, you know, and Peter said, well, he doesn't sing, I don't sing anyway. He said, I think we should keep the track on the album. And the album was released with my track on it, and I went under the name of Fred Flange, and I was described on the back as a capital singer, uh, <laughs> someone who we can't name for financial reasons. And yeah. It was quite a funny bit, actually. But I was very pleased, in as much as it, it re recreated a lot of interest, people wanted to know who Fred Flange was. And um, when they found out it was, in fact, Matt Monroe, it did a, a great deal of good for me, and that was the beginning of my recording career as it is now. Yes, it was, uh, too. The band was, has been played many times here on Radio Hong Kong, and, and it is um, absolutely impossible to spot that it's anyone other than Frank Sinatra. Well, I, I, I quite honestly don't think it sounds a bit like Frank Sinatra, no. Uh, What, um, uh, what about this business of being able to, to copy other people's style, Matt? Does it form any part of your show? Do you do any impressions of other singers or not? In no, show? in actual fact, I don't. My wife says I should, mm. but I don't think I can, so I never bother with it, you know. Mm. Well, here now is a band from your latest long-playing record where you sing songs of Hoagie Carmichael, and this particular one is which you've named as a favourite. One Morning in May, Matt Monroe. One morning in May, don't forget, dear, that one wonderful day when we met, dear. The world over was blue clover and hearts 
carefree and gay. Well, I think after talking about your career in the past, uh, we now having arrived to the present, I think it's time you could tell us a little bit about uh, what's going for you now in England, Matt, what you're doing, what you're filling your time in with. Well, mostly it's uh, one-night stands uh, with package shows. You know, we travel around the country doing a show here and a show there. And I'm going out in the New Year with another show. Then, during the summer, I'm in Blackpool, that well-known, <laughs> well, resort of the North. And uh, between times, I'm back off to America and uh, Bermuda. I hope to get out to Las Vegas, which I haven't been to yet. Also, they're talking to me doing a film in Hollywood, which I'd very much like to do. I, I don't see myself as an actor, but I'll try anything once, or most things anyway. I uh, just finished this TV series. also just did a show with a uh, wonderful artist called Roy Castle. I don't know whether you've... Yes, I saw him. Anyway, right too. Um, well, out of all these things you do, recording, television, uh, cabaret, theatre, which do you enjoy most of all? Well, depending upon where I am, um, I prefer cabaret. Uh, in London, I don't particularly like it. I like television. I like concerts. In London, uh, club, as you know, uh, to go to a club you have to be a member anyway because of the after-hours drinking licences. Uh, but in America, people go to see the artists and it's, it's much nicer to work. Well, I think um, uh, it probably has a lot to do with the more intimate atmosphere of the club and with that in mind, it leads us in sensibly, I think, to your last record here, The Nearness of you. Why do I just wither and forget all resistance when you and your magic pass by? My heart's in a dither when you're at a distance, but when you are near, oh. It's not the pale moon that excites me That thrills and delights me Oh no It's just the nearness of you It isn't your sweet conversation That brings this sensation Oh no It's just the nearness of you When you're in my arms And I feel you so close to me All my wildest dreams come true I need no soft lights to enchant me if you'll only grant me the 
right To hold you ever so tight And to feel in the night The nearness of you The singer Matt Munro talking to veteran Radio Hong Kong host Ted Thomas while he was in Hong Kong to perform at City Hall in Central. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.